This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Inna alhamdulillahi ta'ala na'hamaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min siyyati a'malina man yahdihillahu falamudillalahu wa man yudlil falahadiyalah wa ashadu an la ilaha illa allahu wahdahu la sharikalah وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله تعالى وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار a common practice that the companions and the scholars of the Salaf would have amongst one another and with each other is that they would offer one another words of advice. They would constantly be advising one another. Be there at times when they met or before they departed or sometimes even by writing to one another if land and seas separated them. It is for example reported that some of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ before they departed after meeting with one another would recite Surah Al-Asr as a reminder and a, an attempt to refocus and realign our priorities in this life. And from amongst the advices that they would give is what is mentioned by Ibn Abi Dunya in some of his works and by other than him and it's attributed to a number of the scholars of the Salaf such as Ma'aqil ibn Ubaidillah al-Jazari and Aoun and many of the scholars of the Salaf that they would say to one another if they met or they would write to one another if they were unable to meet. And they would advise each other with three things. They would say whosoever works on rectifying their inner self, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will rectify for them their outer self. And whosoever rectifies their relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, strengthens, corrects, corrects their relationship with Allah, then Allah will correct their relationship with those that are around them. And whosoever focuses on the next life, then Allah azza wa will suffice them for this life. Those three things they would say to one another. And if you were to spend some time and some moments, and we don't have a great deal of time today, but if you were to take a few moments and focus on them, we would see how amazing they are. Because those three pieces of advice, they speak about the three priorities that each and every single human has, Muslim or non-Muslim, male or female, rich or poor, old or young. Number one, that we want inner peace. Every human strives for inner happiness and inner peace. And much of what we do and what we see is an attempt in one way or another to attain some of that type of inner tranquility and peace. Number two, we want the love and approval of others. Those around us, those that we know, those that we don't know, we seek and at some level crave and want their approval and their love and their pleasure. And number three, we want success in this life. 
No one wants to go through this life without being successful. No one likes the notion that they will leave this life without leaving behind some type of legacy or something that they think that they can have or that they might have achieved. But for us as Muslims, those three points, those three aspects, as we see from these words of advice, should revolve around Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number one, when we work on our inner self, and that doesn't just mean our character, doesn't just mean the way that I interact with people or the way that I behave. It means my inner self as in how I protect my heart and the iman within my heart. How I work to strengthen my iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How do I work upon my sincerity? upon my taqwa, upon my consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How do I ensure that I have a greater sense of trust and reliance upon Allah azza wa jalla and the certainty in His promise? And when I look at myself and my iman and I see that it is weak, that there are holes within it, that there are times when I fluctuate greatly in terms of my iman, how do I make myself more steadfast? And when I can realize how it is that I strengthen my inner self in terms of my iman, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help me with everything else that is the outer appearance. We often, for many of us, all of us, we have it the other way around. We spend more time grooming ourselves, worrying about our outer appearance, looking in the mirror and seeing how others may judge us because of this, that we spend so much time focused on that that we often forget what's in our hearts. And so we have within our hearts diseases that shaitan brings within them from arrogance to pride to jealousy to envy to all sorts of other things and those doubts and those desires that find a nesting place in the heart, then it doesn't matter how much you groom yourself on the outside. It doesn't matter how hard you try to look good and feel good, but within yourself you will always feel that sense of bitterness and loss, that misery, that sadness that is within us. And that's why when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the people of Jannah in the Qur'an, He says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ those who when they do have iman and they do righteous deeds, يَهْدِيهِمْ رَبُّهُمْ بِإِيمَانِهِمْ Their Lord will guide them through their iman. In this life, Allah Azza wa Jal, through your iman, He guides you to what is correct and He keeps you upon the straight path and He guides you to what is, what, in what there is goodness for you. And on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, it is that same iman that by the will and the mercy of Allah Azza wa Jal, will take us to Jannah. That is the iman that will come in the terms of your, in the likeness of your actions and your good deeds. And it will be what leads you to the gates of Jannah. So whosoever works on the inner self, you strengthen yourself, you don't have to worry about anything else. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, before He looks at how we, how our appearance, our outward self, the way before He looks at the clothes that we wear, the way that we groom ourselves, or how we may appear to others, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks at our heart, and He looks at our taqwa. And he looks at our ikhlas and our sincerity. And he looks at the strength or the weakness of our iman. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala judges. The second thing, and if you work to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you work to solidify that relationship that you have with Allah, correct your relationship with Allah, Allah will suffice you with the relationship with everyone else. How often do we work to please people? To make them approve of us, to make them love us, to make them happy with us, even if it means that we make Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala displeased with us. And no doubt there is a part of our religion that says that you should look after your appearance. And there's a part of our religion that says that you should have good relations with those around you, your parents, your spouses, your children. But all of that comes under the umbrella of pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You beautify yourself for the Jum'ah prayer because it's a part of your religion. To please Allah before to please anyone else. You seek the approval of your parents and your loved ones because you know that it is a part of your religion when you do it in accordance to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated. 
And that's why in the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha, in a tirmidhi the Prophet said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, man iltamasa ridallah bisakhat al-nas, radiallahu an, wa arda anhu al-nas. Whosoever seeks the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even if others are displeased, even if others don't approve, even if others don't like it, then Allah azza wa jal will be pleased with them, and he will make the others pleased with him. Look at the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Look at the Prophets of Allah in the Quran. Look at the companions radiyallahu anhu ajma'in. Do we need any more examples than those that Allah has already given to us? When you work to please Allah, Allah will be pleased with you. And when Allah is pleased with you, everything else is pleased with you. وَمَنْ إِلْتَمَسَ رِضَ النَّاسِ بِسَخَطِ اللَّهِ سَخِطَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَأَسْخَطَ عَلَيْهِ النَّاسِ And then the Prophet said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but if you work for the approval of others and their pleasure at the expense of Allah's, then Allah Azza wa will become angry with you and everyone around you will be angry. Even if you work day and night, every moment that you have, working for their approval at the expense of Allah's pleasure, of what Allah is pleased with, of what Allah wants and what Allah has ordained, then those people will never be happy with you. And every time you think that you've bought some of their happiness, then you'll find that you need to buy more. And every time you think you've achieved something, you'll be needing more because the people will never be happy. But when Allah is happy, then everyone is happy. The third thing that they used to say. And if your focus is the next life, then Allah Azza wa will suffice you from this one. But that can only be the case if we apply the first two parts of this advice. If we work on our internal self, and then we work on pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we make Allah Azza wa in the next life our goal. That becomes our priority. And therefore everything that I do, from my job, from my studies, from my relationships that I have with people, from my friendships, everything that I do revolves around that one single concept, and that is attaining Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure. And when you do that, you have such a sense of liberation, you have such a sense of inner peace, tranquility, and happiness, that you don't care about the dunya or the people of the dunya and what they may think or do. Because you have a greater goal, and you have a greater uh, vision for yourself and you have a strategy that allows you to take yourself to that vision. And that is that you work for the akhirah. And when you do so, Allah Azza wa will make this world seem like nothing. And it will become insignificant to you, inconsequential to you. It is not something that will have any value for you. And that is why when the Prophets of Allah would be given the choice at the time of their death between either having longevity, continuing in this world, or choosing what they have with Allah Azza wa they would choose what they have with Allah. Because they knew that this dunya means nothing if you don't have the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ask Allah azza wa jal that he allows us to be from amongst those people who work on our inner selves, work for the pleasure of Allah azza wa jal and make the akhirah our goal that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may be pleased with us. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'ani wa sunnah wa nafa'ani wa yaakum bima fihima min al-ayati wa hikmah. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullaha li wa lakum. Wa yajami'il muslimina min kulli dhambin fa astaghfiru innahu kana ghaffara. بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد. One of the scholars that wrote this advice and he gave it to his friends and it was then spread amongst others is the Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim رحمه الله تعالى. He has a short book that is called the رسالة تبوكية. When he was traveling to Tabuk, which today is in the northern part of Saudi Arabia, he wrote this advice to his friends back home. And this book is the tafsir of a verse of the Quran. وَتَعَاوَنُ عَلَى الْبِرِّ وَالتَّقْوَى Help one another, cooperate with one another to attain piety and to attain righteousness. 
and don't cooperate with one another upon sin and upon transgression. And Imam ibn Qayyim ta'ala spends the rest of this book detailing and explaining this in the way that it is. Then he says, from the greatest aspects, the greatest meaning of this verse that you help one another aspire towards piety and righteousness is that you help one another to attain the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no greater type of righteousness or piety that I can help you with or that you can help me with or that you can help one another with than attaining Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure. And after mentioning this with verses and a hadith and advice that he goes through in great detail at the end, he concludes with this advice and he says that everything that I mentioned could have been encapsulated into these three statements that the Salaf would often advise one another with. Whosoever works upon the inner self, Allah will rectify for them their outer selves. And whosoever strengthens their relationship with Allah, Allah suffice them, will suffice them with their relationship with others. And whosoever makes their goal the next life, Allah will suffice them from this one. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he makes us from amongst those people. And that Allah showers his mercy and his blessings and forgiveness upon us. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cures those from amongst us who are sick, has mercy upon those from amongst our deceased. And Allah makes our affairs easy for us. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wasalamun ala mursaneen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.